0: Hello and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. This is uh, Ed Draper recording on Saturday. I think it's April the 4th. <laughs> I'm losing track of dates in uh, the relative lockdown in the UK that we're experiencing. I hope you are well though in the coronavirus uh, crisis. And uh, shout out once more to Bang and Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV who support the podcast. A uh, big thank you to Jason and co. Now on the podcast that today going to have a reappearance pretty quick reappearance for my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who's a general practitioner in the Cotswolds in the UK, also worked in nutrition and supplementation and the design of supplements and has been looking into uh, research around both vitamin C and particularly his area of interest, selenium and selenium levels in soil and how supplementation of selenium may well help our immunity in the face of coronavirus and kind of bolster us uh, from severe Uh, symptoms associated with coronavirus if uh, we up our selenium levels in the absence, particularly in the UK, of high selenium levels in the soil, so hence uh, pretty low levels in the food. That we consume. So, it's going to be interesting to see that. I've got questions from people as well on Twitter, EdDraper81 for that. If you want to get in touch and uh, post any reaction to this retrospectively or indeed uh, pose any more questions or comment, because I'm sure I'll speak to my dad again and possibly other doctors on here and try and be helpful as I can through this process, even though uh, predominantly my job is a sports um, broadcaster in the UK, journalist, and I'm actually doing some writing from home as well uh, during the lockdown. Our on air work has been reduced but very much an interest in health and well-being through sports science predominantly. But uh, in tandem with my dad, I've studied a little bit of nutrition as well in the past and have been interested in that. And we've been on different supplements uh, since being kids, actually. And I think it has benefited our health and our immunity. Um, but obviously it's a very new and changing situation with coronavirus. So it's interesting to explore that again. But anyway, I hope you're well. Thanks again to Bang and Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV for the support. And here is Dr. Mark Draper again. Thank you, guys. Hello. Hello. Dad, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Hi there. How you doing?
0: Yeah, very well, thanks. Are you enjoying your, your day off?
1: Yeah, lovely. Yeah, we're baking bread. <laughs> oh,
0: good. Good. Um, yeah, Dad, thanks for um, taking the time. I, I know we want to talk, or you, you'd like to talk about selenium and, and the kind of effects on the immune system, but I've got a few questions here from a yeah, few sure. people on, on my Twitter account. Do you want me to run through a couple just to see? Yeah, yeah. that's, what that's yep. Okay, Ian, at Ian Toad in Hole, says... How long do you have it before showing signs you have it? So I suppose that's the incubation period. Incubation
1: period. It it, it varies, but it can be anything as little as three days, but it can probably not be much above seven days. So it's slightly slower than a cold or influenza virus, which is sort of three to five days. It's more like Mm. three to seven
0: so it's, that's why it's relevant to, if you're exposed to someone, to wait seven days in isolation yeah. until you may yes. develop the symptoms or not.
1: Yeah, so if you've been exposed to it and you haven't developed symptoms by seven days, then they think you won't after that, or the likelihood gets less and less.
0: Yeah, okay. Andy Taylor asks, can you ask the effect of Prendicillolone and... prednisolone? Tacro- yeah, Prendicillolone and Tacrolimus. Limus?
1: Tacrolimus. <laughs> yeah. Um, pe uh, the use uh, the Chinese use steroids in about sixty percent of cases, but we' are advised not to use steroids unless the person has asthma because mm. the steroids seem to worsen the outlook so oh, okay. if it's being used to treat asthma so if somebody has asthma and they 've got an exacerbation of their asthma because of covid then they need the steroids for their asthma. But if you were treating COVID in somebody that didn't have asthma, you wouldn't use steroids because they they don't think it helps the outlook.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Aurélie Soulier, who I believe is uh, from France originally, asked a couple of questions here but she asked what about isolation times not from government recommendations but clinically is 7 days for a person enough to uh cover contagious time other countries all seem to use 14 days yeah i would agree and the world health organization seem to say you need two negative tests before being out of isolation
1: yeah okay how do you see that well if let's say for sake of argument somebody is living on their own Um, and was in contact with somebody with uh, corona or, you know, developed an influenza-like illness. And so they thought, well, I've just been in touch with that person. I'm going to self-isolate. You'd self-isolate for a week because if you Mm -hmm. were going to develop symptoms in that week, you would develop it because of the incubation times. You develop symptoms um, during that week then the period of infectiveness can be anything from six to twenty days. It's very variable. The length.
0: So you could almost cover a month, then, couldn't you? In terms of by the time the symptoms arose to the actual um, your you no longer being infectious.
1: So so my advice would be something along the lines of if you during your week of isolation became ill, you count your. Um, you, you ignore the, uh, you know, the seven days and you look mm. more at when do you become symptom free from the illness? And then you add yeah. five days.
0: So five days in, in infectious, so in, in, infectious free
1: or symptom free. symptom free, because let's say for sake of argument, you self isolate, you become ill on day five and then you're ill for four days. You want then to be well for five days before you mix because you could be still post post infection infectious.
0: Yeah, because the government's Matt Hancock, you actually think that maybe he came back too soon, don't you, from what you'd observed if he had in fact had full blown coronavirus.
1: I, I I that would be my argument. That would be my logic. Mm. Uh, that that if you look at when, you're, when you become symptomatic, if you test positive, you're testing positive because the virus is in your saliva. So yeah. if you test negative, usually if they saliva test, they do it at three-day intervals to see if you were positive and become negative. When you, your saliva becomes negative, then your viral load is going down because your own antibodies are taking out the virus. So therefore, your infectivity is going down so like Mm. viral load is reducing as you get well so that's why i would use not a i wouldn't use time i would use how many how how many days are you symptom free if you're symptom free for five days your viral load will be minimal your chance of passing it on will be minimal it's probably airing on the side of cautious being cautious but you know it, it it just depends doesn't it? it depends what what yeah what what are you isolating from if you are isolating from vulnerable people you know if you had an 85 year old granny I wouldn't go and visit her um on sev- on my seventh day of of uh, if I'd been you know if I'd been ill in that 7 right. days of is- self isolation I would want to be well for 5 days before I visited her yeah, I suppose with the so social distancing,
0: we're almost, yeah, we're almost precluding that anyway. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Aurelie Soulier says, can you ask about treatment using anti-malarial drugs? A second question from her. Chloroquine. Combined with antibiotics. Yes. Uh, in hospital cases, anecdotal records seem to praise this, but is it too early to try it in the UK?
1: No, it seems um, the, the anti-malarials uh, work, if you like, uh, um, for malaria by stopping the parasites entering the cell. So, mm-hmm. the chloroquine, if you like uh, would the the mechanism would be that it would shut the entry points so it would be like uh, closing your ports so, oh, okay so that so that the virus has less chance of entering the cell um, yeah. so, so you know that 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 's the way the drug works if you like the parallel yeah. with when we talked about selenium is that when you 're properly selenized when you 've had reasonable intakes of selenium uh peroxidase which is cell mem- membrane mounted enzyme reduces the ability of the virus to enter the cell so, mm. so again it's closing the port
0: yeah okay the, sam in, can't, in the body yeah sam sam can't up on a question i think we've already kind of answered so can you still be infectious after one has recovered and you, you're going to say five days after symptoms to, were cleared up
1: to be to be cautious yeah to be cautious yes
0: yeah um, keith merchant asks and we'll talk a little bit more about selenium but i know vitamin c or, or vitamin c as they say in the states and australia is being used to to combat particularly in new york i believe the coronavirus but keith merchant says hi ed can you ask your dad is it worthwhile taking 1000 milligrams vitamin c tablets for to fight against getting this or is it a waste of time thanks
1: um i i w- i personally wouldn't use it um most, mm. vi- most commercially available vitamin C is ascorbic acid, so it's like a drug. It doesn't come with anything else. It's got a mm. very short half-life. It's only, it's a, ascorbic acid as a free molecule, vitamin C as a free molecule, is only in your blood for three or four hours, whereas mm. vitamin C derived from food is probably 12 to 24 hours. Vitamin C is yeah. consumed when you're virally ill, as part of your defensive mechanism so, so take
0: it rather than a preemptive measure it's more of a reactive measure that you take a, you start take it, displaying symptoms
1: if you were taking ascorbic acid vitamin c you probably need to take a, a smaller dose or every four hours or something like that because you yeah. feel you would feel benefit from it and then you'd it mm. wearing off and you'd take another dose
0: but you'd think maybe oranges would be a good, better source or something like that of vitamin
1: C yeah, once the, you do stuff. So, yeah, yeah the, the, the liminoids and flavonoids the, in the pith and pulp of citrus, if you wanted to look up tangeritin, tangeritin mm. is a flavonoid in the pith and pulp of oranges. When you squeeze an orange and get the pulp, then you're getting the tangeritin out of the pith. So it's lipid soluble, it's antiviral, um, it's got a half-life of more like 27 to 72 hours. Uh,
0: okay. And I wonder if that's where tangerine comes, the same route.
1: Tanger- yeah. t- tangerine yeah. is part of the same thing. And so marmalade is a good source of, of uh, uh
0: Okay. And if that's you, interesting. It's preservative, the old, yeah.
1: The old antiviral remedies of squeezing pith and pulp of lemon and lime, you know, lem- like a le- honey and lemon – then you're taking the yeah. acidity out with the honey and you're squeezing the lemon pith. So you get the pith juice in yeah. with the vitamin C and the vitamin C will not just, you know, it will be vitamin C attached to uh, carriers, which will make it okay. not a free molecule. So food derived vitamin C is attached to um, other carriers that keep it within the blood for longer. So it's different to, uh, if you like, pharmaceutical ascorbic acid, which is the pure vitamin C.
0: Yeah, okay. Little Jason says, I would be interested on his take on whether the likes of Boris Johnson have taken longer to get over what were quoted as mild symptoms to start with because rather than rest and recuperation, he has attempted to isolate and work through it. I suppose that's something that people with mild symptoms might be facing a quandary if they are able to work from home
1: yes yes um i i think with any viral illness if you rest you will recover quicker um Mm. so and i think that's just simply because when you're trying to keep going with a a significant viral load you will be using your cortisol your own steroids and adrenaline and things like that to push you through when your energies Mm -hmm. are low and so you'll be borrowing energy so i think by definition, it will the re, the recovery will last longer. Um, yeah. But... With any acute illness, if you're acutely ill for four or five days, the recovery phase is probably twice that, as a rule of thumb. In so terms so that's of
0: relevant to exercise as well, isn't it? Because people may be tempted to to sort of go for a run or something. They've got mild symptoms, but maybe you do. Yeah. You know, kind of hold back on that.
1: I would I would say if you're ill for five days, don't exercise for another ten. Oh, OK, just as a rule um, of thumb, because and it,
0: that's that's any any depth of illness. That's not just um, severe yeah. in bed that would refer to being yeah. just mild cough and cold.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on the severity, obviously. But if you're very symptomatic and you're mm. ill for five days, I, I would say the recovery phase is twice the the illness phase in terms of getting your energy systems back to normal, you know, getting rid of the virus and things like that. Um,
0: ah, okay. Will, Will asks non-corona related, but can you find out what his favourite crisps are? He can't eat crisps, can you? You're a GP and nutrition advisor.
1: <laughs> probably chili flavoured.
0: Chili flavoured, yeah. It's definitely spicy. Yeah, spicy. Yeah, uh, the order of the day. Spicy crisps. Andrew Collins. Andrew Collins asked a couple of here that may maybe uh, slightly provocative, but in kind of I suppose. Relatively pertinent to what people are thinking. So, do we believe that China is accurately and honestly reporting their numbers? So, I presume that report that, uh, is both those people with COVID 19 and those fatalities associated with it. Uh, was this all derived from an actual bat Sarni? So someone bat?
1: Yes, I, I think we can say that this was a origi- Well, if you look at the admissions to the Chinese hospitals, which are in the literature, the original um, hospital admissions, uh, 50% were zoonoses, so directly from contact with infected animals because they do a lot of contact tracing rather than human-to-human yeah. human contact. So, those, so the outbreaks are quite clearly documented in the literature. Um, so that, well, they were
0: predict, predicted, weren't they, by uh, sort of tropical disease experts that it would originate in that part of the world yes. as well but
1: beforehand? It, it, it tends to be in low selenium areas, um, but not wholly that, but that's the thing to look at is the um, dietary intakes of selenium in those er- yeah. areas. But more importantly, what what are t- uh, the food sources that the animals yeah. are eating? Are they selenium deficient? T-
0: i tell you what, actually, because um, we can sort of segue because that's most of the questions done. There's a guy called, uh, or I believe it's a guy, maybe a, a lady, but just introduce me as says, they say coronavirus attacks affects the immune system. So what is the best course of action, i.e. food or medicine that could boost it, it being the immune system? And you've been um sharing some literature with me that, that you're working on with a, a colleague about around selenium, aren't you? And, and the relevance yes. of, of that to the immune system always, but yes. particularly at this time acutely because of coronavirus
1: yes i mean the 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 papers to look at about the relationship between selenium and virus would be the if you put cation K-E-S-H-A-N, K-E-S-H-A-N, mm. k-e-s-h-a-n into a search engine um cation was an area of china where the average daily intake of selenium was only 11 micrograms when in adult women that were being studied it should be 60 plus and um the, the babies of these pregnant women developed uh, a cardiomyopathy, which they sh- found was stopped by elevating the intakes of selenium above 30 micrograms. So that closed yeah. the window, and they, so- that was Coxsackie B virus.
0: Just, clap, just clap, sort of before people who are listening, who may not have really heard of selenium, it's a mineral, isn't it, that's, that's ubiquitous in, on planet Earth. That's right, isn't it, how we would describe it?
1: It's it's a trace element. So trace elements trace element, are yeah. are um, substances that we need in micro in in micro amounts. So we need micrograms a day. So roughly speaking, one to five micrograms per kilo is the recommended daily intake from World Health and other authorities. Um,
0: and it's hugely affected by selenium in the soil, which varies yes. massively across 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 the world.
1: Yes. Yes. So so. I think that's the 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 the, the next. The, yes, I think that's the next sort of question. The average daily mm. intake for the UK would be 34 um, milligrams. Micrograms. Micrograms. Yeah. So, and
0: um, but and that's different in, in the United States. Typically, was higher, although uh, the, the average daily intake stuff you sent me is re- is regionally different and particularly. Yes with the problems in New York, you think relevant that the food grown in the East Coast of the States are probably low, lower saline than, than the sort of heartland.
1: Yeah, some people have started to look at those relationships. Um, mm. so, so that's something I think that we may w- want to look at in the future, really.
0: So you, you think it's effectively like the anti-malarials then in that sense that it's about, it, not in the same way, but that it's closing that door yes. of the system yes. to, to COVID-19 to... Yes in terms of the immune system, from letting it develop?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's 23 proteins in the body. A lot of them are to do with cellular mechanisms, cellular communication, um, uh, making the immune system work better. So the innate immune system is dependent upon that. So that's the cellular immune system. And the acquired immune system is dependent upon it. So the messaging from if you like one part of the body to another is dependent on it as well so the acquisition Mm. of antibodies to it will be affected by it as well so So what what
0: so what would the number you'd be aiming for for an average male an average female in terms of total micrograms per day if they could add it up so if they say they're getting 34 from the diet what they need to add up to
1: i think you'd want to add up to about 200 micrograms a day most people would say
0: just at the moment, because of this, or because generally, you
1: Gen- Gen- generally you're looking at uh, what 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 would be safe, what would be beneficial. Certainly above a uh, hundred.
0: Hmm. Okay, it's interesting because um, in in the relevance to it generally, because I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, who's a guy who's actually a UFC commentator, and a comedian, but gets doctors on and experts, and they were talking about how from 2017 to 18 in the United States. 61,000 people in that year died of the flu,
1: which
0: um, we didn't necessarily hear about at the time. But in terms of general immunity, that's an important point, isn't it? That we are always vulnerable outside of this acute issue of of coronavirus.
1: Well, well, the reason why it's different is that with with influenza viruses, we've got influenza A's and influenza B's. We've had uh, pandemics and epidemics of these over many years. So so, we're
0: we're more accepting of the deaths, aren't we, which is strange really in a way. We're not as as galvanised by them, even though, you know, is there not being documented as well as daily deaths? It
1: it varies quite considerably depending on whether or not the vaccines have the strains in. I think that Mm. seems to be. So if the prediction is there would be three, three strains in influenza virus, you know, in the vaccine, And if the strain, if the prediction of the spread of different strains is correct, then Mm. the incidence will be low of influenza virus in that, in, in, if you like, the global population. And if Mm. a new strain emerges, um, which wasn't included, then there will be higher incidence, higher number of people affected. Um, So I think that data is, you know, out there to be, to be reviewed and to be studied.
0: Yeah. Well, notwithstanding obviously supplementation which we can talk a little bit about in terms of selenium, but in terms of dietary intake, regular food, what are the best sources of selenium albeit in the context of the UK's limited uh, selenium content in the soil?
1: Um the, the the highest selenium accumulators are Brazil nuts. Um ah. so so they're
0: would they be typically imported anyway or are they grown
1: uh they're, well i think they grow mainly in i, I don't know about i i would have the name suggests. i would have to look at that but i think they're mainly in brazil <laughs> but um the content varies according like any farming method if you if 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 you farm intensively then the levels of those nutrients can go down um yeah but i i i you, you, that bread bread,
0: bread's a typical bread's a typical barometer you've shown me in the past because that's a sort of a mainstay of of western diet in particular
1: yes yes Mm -hmm. um and um uh much studied would be because because bread and flour is a staple in most western countries people look at the selenium levels in wheat and Mm -hmm. the canadian diet uh Is is relative. Their soils are relatively replete in selenium, and Mm. they they reckon that Canadian wheat would mean that the average Canadian gets between one hundred and fifty and two hundred micrograms a day. Um, Yeah, and so can you
0: extrapolate? Would would that be? Can you extrapolate to sort of meat and things like that, animal products that animals are grazing on that soil that they would have a high selenium content?
1: Yes, I mean the, the the staple foods give you your selenium status so wheat meat and milk um mm. are the main ways that so people have studied different you know like seasonal intakes of different yeah. foods to so, 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 so you, couldn't ma- you couldn't you imp- couldn't
0: you couldn't improve your selenium by say eating lots of vegetables that were just to try and out you know if you sort of well you could make exponen- exponentially increase your volume yeah. of vegetables to try and add up your selenium without supplementation if
1: you could get it now you would buy canadian flour and make bread with canadian flour
0: mm. and it's interesting on that note because you've sort of researched the fact that finland noticed that when they imported canadian wheat in their barren crop a year that they actually increased the immunity of their um, their population because of the, the, the lack of influenza
1: yeah what they found was when their own they've got a short growing season so when the Finnish farmers' wheat crops failed to harvest, they imported Canadian wheat. And in those winters, they had less um, cold and flu virus outbreaks. So they, yes. they looked at what was the average daily intake when they were, if you like, eating their own bread and versus when they imported Canadian flour. From memory, and it's a long time since I looked at it, it was something like 45 when, when their wheat crops failed and it was something like 120 or, or more when, when, they, when they imported the Canadian wheat. Um, okay. So the Finnish government uh, decided they would put selenium into the soil to raise the average daily intakes uh, to between 110 and 120. And so they achieved that. So yeah, it's, it's
0: interesting. It's not been more documented, isn't it? In that sense. Yeah. So but what what the we will sort of you have got a, an interest in terms of designing your own supplements for a company which we won't mention here to uh, to to remain sort of impartial. I suppose people can message me on my my Twitter eddraper81 if they want to ask which supplements that we take particularly and have taken for for twenty years. But what type of supplement is key to getting this into the body and and creating. Um, that immune benefit benefit from selenium. What form does it need to come in?
1: I, I think if you if you go for if you're looking at selenium supplementation, you would want to have yeast derived selenium, so selenium from yeast. Okay. And and um, you you would if if it was a solo, then that's what you would look for. If it was in a multi, the thing to be very careful of is that. The iron content isn't high because most people don't need iron, and there's no excretory mechanism.
0: most men don't. Most men don't need
1: iron. iron. Most postmenopausal women don't need iron, Um, and World Health would say that diet and supplement on an average daily amount shouldn't come to more than twenty milligrams. So if you look at the average daily intake of iron in the UK for men, it's twelve, and they need ten. So in other words, there's a surplus of iron in most male, men, male diets in the UK. Um,
0: Predominantly through red meat, would that
1: be? Pre- yeah, red meat iron is three times as well absorbed as uh, the iron in vegetables because the, the uh, iron is bound into phytates in the plant, so it's less easily released from things like spinach and cruciferous mm-hmm. vegetables.
0: But it's still yeah, a, it's more, sim- a similar form to... Yeah, more of a similar form to our bodies, I suppose, in the, in yeah. the animals.
1: Yeah, um, the animals have put it into a form that we can absorb readily. Um, we can absorb up to 80, uh, 50% of the iron in our diet if we okay. need it, and we control the iron status in the body wholly through absorption. So, so,
0: okay, so you, you space selenium supplements for up to 200 micrograms yeah. to bolster bolster immunity, and you'd, you'd start – trying to do that now and then continue that throughout regardless of, of when the wave of coronavirus yes. subsides.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, and just on a, a couple of wider things around coronavirus that people are aware of, there's sort of um, anecdotal reporting both through sort of social media, lay people about people who have passed away. And there's occasional highlights on the, the mainstream media of of younger people who've passed away, teenagers or people in their thirties, which I think of course attention because Predominantly, with what we'd seen in China and Italy, there was a sense that it was average age. I think even in Italy, it was 81 of people who died with coronavirus. Yes. Do you think should we pay a lot of attention to those cases because they are reported as not having underlying health conditions, mm. or should we still go by the assumption that that it's something that if you have a strong immune system, you're relatively healthy without? Yes, I wouldn't uh, be you'll, you'll be you'll be okay with it.
1: Yes, I mean the the immune system is so complex. Complicated and without knowing the individual case histories or or, or the details of it, it mm. it's extremely. But there will always be susceptible people. If you look at, um, for instance, uh, TB, TB could get um, people, particularly late teens, early twenties, and it would get yeah. those that were. You know, it was it was no spare of social class or or, or um, uh, nutritional status. It, it it could come in to the human body and and wreak havoc. Um, and yeah. and people could die of it who were in to all intents and purposes nutritionally replete. Um, mm. So we've so we've always there's, come there's... across contagions that have, and and maybe that's the. You know the way that our, um, uh, you know, our the human body is linked to our genetics, our environment, uh, uh, things that are happening mm. around the time that a person becomes ill, and things like that.
0: So you need a cell. You need a sort of cellular analysis of an individual, rather than sort of yes. making a generalisation that oh, suddenly all teenagers are vulnerable or all people in their thirties yeah. are suddenly vulnerable. Because
1: yeah, it'd be absolutely um, generalised. Because the rule, you know, the if you like the 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 broader picture at the moment is that it's quite peculiar in that it, there does seem to be an age-related, um, you know depth of illness if you like uh, for, to put it another way you know a child mm. a child is likely to get a runny nose a teenager and a person in their 20s is likely to get a, a sore throat and the older you get the more likely it is to go into a, a viral pneumonia um, mm.
0: Uh, yeah, on the symptom, on the symptoms is interesting, isn't it? Because my brother JJ, you, you know, your youngest son, he's in his twenties, and he got the lo- the lack of um, sense of smell, didn't he? We believe with the coronavirus, yeah. Tested, but he had that coupled yes. with the sore throat. Yeah. Which I mean, do you think those symptoms should be more widely documented by the the media? Because it seems like predominantly we're still going back to the temperature and the, and the sort of recurrent cough.
1: Yeah, I think I think the difference is between. Um, the accepted symptomatology and the case analysis—it's the difference between um, top-down and bottom-up analysis. If, mm. if you get my meaning for that, um,
0: we mean we looking at more severe cases. We're,
1: we're, well, we would always—you know—if you, know, you like—if you, if you're working at the coal face, you look for clusters of symptoms that are peculiar mm. to, to say. Yeah, well, I think that m- more likely to be X than Y. So you, yeah. you, you can't. It's a picture rather than one. But, but for younger people,
0: younger people who are healthy, you think headaches and, and sore throats may be an indicator of yeah. Of COVID-19? F-
1: fever with, a, you know, and fever may may not be present, um, but f- fever plus or minus sore throat, particularly a burning sensation, altered hmm. altered taste. Often a metallic taste, um, mm. along with reduced uh, sense of taste and smell, particularly uh, higher taste. So maybe still tasting salty things, mm-hmm. uh, but okay. but not the finer aromas. Yeah. And some people okay. get, you know, again, some people get um, ulcers in the nose and things like that with it.
0: And okay, which would manifest what? It's just a sore that you sore in the that's... nose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Gary Young asks um, no que- or says no question. I just tell him a massive thanks, mate. So we'd, we'd echo that, and I think on on that sort of follow up from that as well. Uh, thanks to all the people working in NHS. But Tom Pearson says, "What is your working life like now? And is, is it similar to when we spoke ten days ago or so in person?" Uh, yeah, it it's more... complete
1: completely different. We're 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 working without um, direct contact, and if we have direct contact, then we've got to work where personal protective clothing. So most of the, uh, my working day typically last week would be a hundred telephone consultations to talk, wow. talking to people um, with not only, you know, we've got to keep the show on the road for people with other illnesses, with other conditions. Mm-hmm. So it, some of it is Corona, but m- probably the majority is not. Um
0: are you, are you getting an easier way of deducing whether it's corona or not, because the symptoms are pretty general and similar to flu and colds? You,
1: you, you we won't know until retrospect, but at the moment we're, we're putting suspected uh, corona if we think the symptomatology is right, because in retrospect we'll then go back and be mm. able to analyse. When we have antibody testing, we will be able to see if we were accurate in our predictions.
0: Yeah. Do so you think we'll, we'll need to test everyone then in the UK population and worldwide to get I an indication it, of how many how many people have had it to then figure out? I'm not what, sure because things things like fatality rates that people are getting anxious about now. Yeah. Should we shelve that until we have a fuller picture of how many people have had it?
1: Well, I, th- I think we could. We. I mean, I think the the, the availability of testing is first of all that you have to have an antibody test that is is right. And if you take the glandular fever. Um, eb virus you know as a sort of similar type of illness you you can do an antibody test for glandular fever too soon and miss it because you 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 know so in a way you wouldn't glandular fever test until two weeks after pe- per the person developed glandular fever like symptoms because your antibody test would be negative it would okay. be it would become positive um, uh, Yeah. You know, as you produce the antibodies and you uh, fight the virus so I, th- I think
0: it, I think at the moment they're saying that thirty thousand confirmed cases in the u k but due to limited testing, um, the expectation is it's higher. What would be your sense in terms of well, I think you- the number or the percentage of population that the u k has, has had it?
1: I really or has it i, I, I mean I, I, I would I would sort of not want to hazard a guess.
0: Mm. I, but you think it's significantly more than thirty thousand, which would suggest yeah. that it's not not as fatal as as people are worried as is, is according to those numbers I've
1: heard people say that you could model ten to a hundred times that figure
0: mm. so ten to a hundred times so it could be three yeah. three hundred to three million people maybe have it yeah, uh, yeah. versus thirty thousand and then what would that be? And that's in you know, terms, that's, in, in terms that's of it, guess modeling yeah. And then I heard a sort of expert on tropical diseases uh, in the States say that he believed it's between four and ten times more dangerous or fatal than regular influenza. But you, you would c- come closer to influenza, would you, in terms of its potency? Mm, yeah,
1: I think I think predictions are, are vary, really.
0: No. Yeah. So you have to wait. Until Probably the testing, two to four.
1: Basically. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think we don't know the answer to that, really.
0: No. But you think a widespread, national, and global would be needed to know where we we are, where we stand with it in antibodies, and how many people have had it?
1: Yeah.
0: Because do, do you are you guys fearing a, a second wave in the autumn?
1: What we don't know is is how long the immunity lasts, um, and how the how quickly you know if you parallel the influenza, how quickly does the COVID virus? change its coat change its identity Um, Mm. and if it changed its identity sufficiently in the human population you know so if we if we have reservoirs and mutations then we're going to have it coming back but wearing a different coat so our anti our old antibodies won't work against the new uh, would they work
0: in any part against it Would they, give you they may partial? they may yeah. th-
1: you know if you use the influenza para- p- uh, parallel we mostly have some sort of resistance even to a new strain of a or b because we've mm-hmm. had it before so the older you get the in a way the less you know up to a certain point where you've got other illnesses your mm-hmm. age protects you to some degree um, yeah And maybe that's because certain parts of the viral identity doesn't change. Okay. so we have we might have developed antibodies to influenza A. So a new strain of influenza A comes along um, and we've got antibodies against uh, uh, that part which confers some sort of immunity. So we have a milder illness. So I think Mm. for those people that have uh, proven COVID antibodies, you would think that if it if if it if another covid outbreak ca- came round, you your symptoms would be altered would be shorter but, but i mean yeah no some guess, was,
0: yeah because i yeah there's some suggestion that even swine flu the 2009 version if you'd had that which i did that may provide you some sort of partial immunity yes to this, but i don't know yeah yeah whether that was uh, whether that's proven i guess we'll wait to see what, what i think do you the, think that because obviously how much sympathy do you have for the guys on the the front line? So you have changed dramatically. Your work sounds very intense in terms of the phone calls, but you're not predominantly dealing with with this on the on the front line. No. Do you feel it's a, a very challenging time for the, the front line? That's why pre- presumably this is going to stay in place for for whoever knows how long.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, they they are dealing with the acutely ill. Um, they they have to have sophisticated procedures. To not be exposed to significant viral load, so that they're not. And you think selen- selenium
0: supplementation would be all the more important for them? potentially, In yes. any any immune boost.
1: Yes. And mm. obviously, you know, if if in China people were just getting exhausted, you know, the people mm. looking after people were just getting exhausted.
0: Yeah, you think shift shift patterns have to be looked at today because obviously there's yes. a tendency in, in med- medicine where when you were working in hospitals, I remember you'd be disappeared for days, and I think it's. You probably yeah. have to revisit that, maybe well, it's a changed sh- a lot. To short, shorter shifts.
1: Yeah, it changed a lot. I mean, in our, in our, you know, when I was doing my junior hospital doctor rotations, it was 120 hours a week, one week and 80 the next.
0: Wow.
1: So you know, if we were, but, you know, that,
0: but that but that wouldn't be good for an immune system, would it?
1: <laughs> uh, well, if you work you know, That's if you're working on the ITU, you'd be on for 36 hours and off for 12.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah so very little time to recuperate and full yeah. sleep which because sleep is one of the found is is that something you'd advise people at the moment sleep as a foundation of immune system yes
1: yeah mm. and the thyroid thyroid hormone function t4 to t3 adequate That's good for immune-
0: yeah
1: um so yeah they they've, they've got to make sure that um, the staff don't get you know i mean i think this is why we're doing what we're doing we're trying Mm. to um to to stop the if you like the daily number of cases so that Mm -hmm. those that are severely affected can get the hospital care that they need without overwhelming the um resources yeah what
0: what do you see the the time frame realistically of the lockdown because even if you had that exact sort of exaggerated number of saying three million people had had coronavirus in the UK. I suppose for herd immunity, you, was it sixty percent? So you need
1: you need forty 30, to sixty percent. You need yeah.
0: So you so you need sort of thirty thirty five million people to have had it. So I mean, is this this is going to be a long partial lockdown? Yeah, Maybe yeah. Kind of slightly released, slightly tightened. It's going to be a, a
1: yeah,
0: sort of I, um, I, a touch and I, a feel, a fit, touch I, and feel.
1: I I, I mean I, I think we're in uncharted territory i mean i don't know how long the lockdown is going to be i i i'm not sure what measures uh, i mean i know what measures they're going to use they're going to use a fall off of numbers to feel that they've got it under some sort of control but then what happens when you release people you know
0: mm. and uh, the incubation period as well um, provides a problem doesn't it because it lulls you into a <laughs> security I guess
1: Apparently, from the people around me, they're all going out bevying But there we go.
0: Oh, are they? <laughs> down the pub, are they? <laughs> yeah, your brother. Yeah, I'm sure he's. I understand you're not cooking there because uh, you, you are a good cook. But JJ should be cooking for you after work. <laughs> you know, indeed, he's, oh, he's, he's been. Uh, ma-
1: we've we've had Master Chef. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, good. good yeah. Singer songwriter and yeah. Um, yeah. He's been entertaining with his music as well. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Been we've we've had we've had evening entertainment. Yeah.
0: Good. So, do you think you're optimistic? You think about that people will take their health more seriously and immunity more seriously after this, and perhaps yes. not to sort of um, judge Chinese people for their, their cultural habits and culinary habits, but that will pre- presumably change. That, that China will look at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't. It, it, I, I think it's. I think it doesn't help to blame anybody for it. It just, uh, you know, you have to mm. stay objective and just say these seem to be the facts. Yes. These seem. This is why it happened. This is you know this is mm. um you know we have to look how in the future do we get prepared how future do we um help help ourselves um you know should should we be so um you know depend or so do, should we find flying around the world so enjoyable and so necessary part of our lives you know I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the...
0: Yeah, we think about what happened to the Aborigines when the it's... Europeans descended upon Australia and the, the Native Americans in the, in the States as well. And some tribes lost 90%. I hadn't realised that. Yeah. Because yeah. of the diseases that the Europeans brought with yeah. them. Yeah, so, we,
1: so... we, we, we we decimated the American Indian, not only through killing the buffalo, but through taking TB and other oh. infectious diseases.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So there's no reason for it. So we... So we can't say we're innocent in this regard. you know what I mean? We're not. We're, we're...
0: sure. Yeah, maybe. say it's, it's a principle of just actually being a bit more cautious about sort of traipsing around the world, and what particularly when, when so many people are asymptomatic, it makes it pretty difficult to know that you're ill and, and that, that you can spread it <laughs> it's far and wide. I think, which has happened uh, happened here. But that. Um... Thank you very much. We've got to we've got to pop to the shops now, actually and get some stuff. for dinner. that. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> appreciate your time. Enjoy your enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah. Keep in touch. And we right. are going right. you're, you're working with a colleague of yours, aren't you? On on yeah. a, a paper about selenium as well, which we'll try and we're, circulate as well, so that we can get get that the yeah. theories out there.
1: Yeah. Stay safe.
0: All right, Dad. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye Bye-bye. bye. I love you. Cheers, Dad. I hope you were, uh, enjoyed that, guys, and, and do rate it on iTunes if so, and thank you for listening.